Good afternoon. My name is Chris Mutchler. I'm with uh, VMware. I'm a cloud services architect. And uh, we're going to talk today about the journey that our VMware private cloud team has taken over the last several years as we've delivered the hands-on labs environment each year at VMworld. Uh, so just to give you a little bit about myself, you can find me on Twitter. I'm active there. I'm involved in the VCDX program if you have questions there as well. So a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So I'm just going to kind of talk to you a little bit about our private cloud itself, and then I'm going to really dive into the hands-on labs themselves and the architecture that we use that allows us to be able to deliver the hands-on labs each year. So the hands-on labs, if you're unfamiliar with them, they cover all of the major products that VMware has to offer, including the SDDC, the hybrid cloud, all of our cloud native applications, and really any of the new technologies that are coming out. Oftentimes you'll see in the hands-on labs that there'll be an announcement uh, during one of the keynotes here at the conference, and then there's a corresponding hands-on lab that allows our attendees to go in and get their hands dirty with the new technologies and, and experience it. And uh, it's a great way to be able to gain further knowledge, especially if you're not using all of the products and you just want to learn more about them. They're a great opportunity. Um, in years past, they were only available for the limited time during the shows, but the last two years, uh, we've made efforts to actually make the labs available year-round. Um, so you can go to labs.hol.vmware.com, and now you can take a lab and, and learn more about whatever you're, ex you're interested in uh, throughout the year. So. So each year, uh, we get together with the tech marketing team actually starting in January. It's, it's a long process each year. Um, and we go to them and we start gathering the requirements around what they're looking for to be able to support. Um, each year that we've uh, provided the hands-on labs um, to the show, uh, the amount of users that they expect, the amount of uh, physical resources that they require consistently go up. Uh, one of the very unique things about the hands-on lab environment is the amount of churn that goes on, uh, of the VM churn that goes on in the environments each year. So if you look, they've got a large display set up above the HOL area this week alone here in the uh, Barcelona show. They've churned through a little over 46,000 virtual machines already in a, a short three and a half day period. Um, and the US shows does typically close to 100,000 VMs in a single week. So you're talking about a, consist, a, a, a significant amount of churn and that, that places unique challenges uh, within the environment that we've had to account for. Um, and so this, is, uh, this has been a great showcase for us and for our private cloud team. The other thing is that the labs aren't small uh, in and of themselves. Um, they average somewhere around 12 virtual machines, 650 gigabytes of RAM, um, and, and, or sorry, 650 gigabytes of storage and, and you know, close to 70 gigabytes of RAM. And each year, the average size, the typical size of the, these hands-on labs that are getting deployed, um, it, it's always going up, it's never decreasing. And that worst case scenario there, if you've, um, if you've taken the hands-on lab uh, for um, VMware Cloud Foundation, that is by far and large the largest, uh, the largest uh, lab that we deploy each year. Because it is, it's everything, it's the entire stack. And so you can see there just that one VM alone requires four terabytes, or that one app uh, alone requires four terabytes of storage. So. So the architecture itself, so how are we doing this? Well, it's, it's been quite the journey since 2013 when our private cloud team took over running the VMware labs, or the hands-on labs. Originally, they would actually ship in 
capacity to the, the physical site where the, uh, where the conference was taking place. And then that started to change and we started to run it out of our own data centers. Early on, we, we did have a partnership with vCloud Air when VMware was running that public cloud offering. Um, but over the last few years, it's really started to shift more and more from an on, a, a merely on-premise or VMware-controlled environment to being a true hybrid, hybrid cloud. Um, and so last year was the first year that we introduced VMC on AWS for some of the cloud capacity. And that was, that was a unique uh, opportunity for us. Um, originally going into the lab, leading up the, the weeks leading up to the lab, we had planned on only running a very small percentage. Uh, we were only going to run about 16 hosts in VMC. Um, and then the Friday before the US show kicked off on Sunday, there was a decision made that, hey, we want to run nearly 100 hosts, how quickly can you get it up? And by Saturday afternoon, we had expanded the capacity and they were already all ready to be consumed. So it happened very quickly. And that's one of the benefits that running in this hybrid model has is, is, is given us. And so this year, in 2018, it's the first year where the majority of the hands-on labs that are being run are actually running on public cloud and not our on-premise environments. So this year we did not purchase any new hardware for our on-premise environments. All of our additional capacity asks that the tech marketing teams came to us with, we said, okay, we're going to provide that to you and we're going to run it out of VMC. And so this has really been a, been a pretty awesome journey and I, I, I see those numbers expanding more and more where you're going to see more and more of the labs being run out of the public cloud and the unique offering that that gives us especially is that when we were all on premise we would have to order all of this capacity starting in january gather those numbers order the capacity get it racked and stacked and installed and ready to be tested before june came around um, and now we're able to spin up the capacity that we need in a public cloud test it do the validation that we require and then as soon as the show is over spin it down and then spin it back up when we needed it. So last year, if you remember, um, the US show and the Barcelona show were basically back to back. There was barely a week between them. So we, we just let the capacity run over that week. This year where the US show was in uh, the end of August and obviously Barcelona's here this, this week in, in November, we actually spun down the capacity, didn't pay for it essentially. And then we spun it right back up about five days before the show started. So. It's really helped us control some of those costs and everything, and that's the benefit for us and I think for you as customers are having this, this hybrid cloud model. So you run, you run your everyday workloads that have to be run out of your on-premise environments, and then when you have burst capacity, you, you, know, you leverage VMC and AWS for that. So when we talk about the hands-on labs, really it boils down to that availability is key. So many of the attendees come to the show each year and their focus is just, I want to take labs. I know that for myself, back when I first got introduced to VMware Technologies in 2013, I came out to VM, my, my company sent me to VMworld and, and my focus was basically, I lived in the labs the entire week. And that was all that I did because that was back when they were only available, you know, when the show was going on. Um, and and that's, that's the case for many of our things. So we want to make sure that you know, we have that availability for the labs. We don't want you as an attendee to go in there and to have a problem and to not be able to take the lab you, you want. So as we designed this architecture, you know, availability was key. We, we wanted to be able to have very defined failure domains. We wanted to be able to make sure that we eliminated all of the single points of failure. And we wanted to be able to have multi multi-zone and availability zones, and that's where you know, the hybrid cloud really kind of comes into play. And so this is what 
these design principles are what have enabled us to be able to deliver this capacity each year in the fashion that we do. And so it really did, it, you know, hybrid cloud to the rescue, it sounds funny, but I mean, we have on-premise data centers in Northern California, and we have some capacity in the Netherlands, um, but really the rest of the capacity, you know, we were able to spread out geographically based on what we need. Um, the interesting thing about the Netherlands capacity there is um, one of our internal mandates for our private cloud team is that we take very early releases of vSphere, NSX, vCloud Director, vCenter, vSAN before they become, before they go GA. So each year we're typically running out of the Netherlands data center, what we call or we refer to as vSphere.next. Um, and we take typically take you know the release that's you know 12 to 18 months away from being publicly available to you, and we run about 10% of the capacity in the hands-on labs on this vSphere.next version, and that allows us to be able to get you know put significant load and scale on these newer versions of the software, and then be able to provide feedback, open bugs as necessary with the R&D team, so that hopefully we're we're putting the products through their paces before they ever reach you as a customer. So our, our private cloud solo, uh, silos, what do they look like? So we refer to a silo as, as a physical uh, instance of our, of our capacity inside of one of our data centers. Um, a silo is a failure domain, so we're talking a, a L3 failure domain that we, uh, we create within it, and then each we can replicate the silo uh, architecture across all of our data centers to be able to have this repeatable process for delivering capacity. So when we start to look at the silo itself, what are our, you know, the fundamentals of our architectures, if you're familiar with the VMware validated designs, a lot of the early work that was done there was based off of the architecture that our private cloud team leveraged. And essentially within each one of these silos, we have a, a dedicated management stack, and then we have X number of workload stacks. And the management stack is where all of the management components for the entire silo are deployed. So things like vCenter, the NSX managers, you know, vRealize, Log Insight, VROps, all of our monitoring tools, all of those things live, live within our management stack, including our cloud management platform, vCloud Director. And then VCD is the primary CMP that we use for all of the hands-on labs. And then it is connected up to all of the individual workload stacks, which are really just vSphere endpoints for it to consume from. And so this, this architecture has been very robust for us over the last five or six years. Start to dive down into what the labs look like themselves. Um, and it's, it's following very much the VMware Cloud Foundation form. Um, so we're talking about dual socket, uh, dual socket servers, you know, 10 gig top of rack switches, 40 gig spine switches. Um, and then we've got distributed power and all of the things that we need to be able to make sure that the physical infrastructure is uh, highly redundant. We also use, uh, in our vSAN environments, uh, we leverage uh, clusters across racks so that we have failure domains there uh, to make sure that if in the unforeseen for circumstance we lose an entire rack for some reason, uh, the, the capacity is still there spread out across multiple racks. One of the big things that we've been successful with over the last uh, five years is that uh, our deployment of NSX is, is the largest in the world. Um, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 500,000 logical switches deployed using VXLAN at any given time across our global infrastructure, not just the hands-on labs environment. Um, and that allows us to be able to keep all of the 
all of the routing within the silos, and then we just use the management uh, domain to host the security uh, edge service gateways for all of our north-south traffic outside of the silo. Um, and then we're leveraging load balancers for um, NS, uh, load balancers deployed by NSXV uh, for all of the CMP levels, uh, layers that are required. So the other big, big thing that we've transitioned to over the last three years is that uh, vSAN has become our primary storage platform. Um, originally, uh, our, our legacy architecture was based off of a UCS design with uh, EMC VNX arrays. Um, when it came to the hands-on labs, we found that we needed better performance out of the storage layer, and so we began leveraging uh, the Extreme IO bricks and clusters uh, for the hands-on labs. Uh, but since the, um, the onboarding of all-flash vSAN, we actually found that we were able to get even better performance out of all-flash vSAN than we were out of the Extreme IO bricks. So vSAN has become our primary our primary storage layer for all of our architectures going forward. Um, and so you can see a little bit here, we did some extensive testing the last uh, year, 18 months ago, uh, to be able to see what sort of performance we'd be able to get out of the all-flash um, vSAN arrays, especially when it came to enabling things like erasure encoding and compression. Um, and so one of the great things that we're able to do is that for the hands-on lab, it's a very predictable workload profile that we have for it, so we know how to test against it to make sure that we can vet hardware changes uh, for the platform and understand exactly how it's going to run in production. So some of the lessons that we've learned over the years is we, we extensively test the environments in the hands-on labs. Leading up to the show, uh, we do all sorts of internal live user testing. Uh, we typically have uh, more than 20 live live test events where users are driving real load, they're deploying labs, they're destroying labs, they're checking the content to make sure that you know they're being created and destroyed and, and operating the way that they expect. Um, and then that allows us to gather lots of data from a, a network testing perspective, you know, where we're even during the live show, the live events where, you know, we're 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 breaking things intentionally on the network to make sure that failover is happening between the different cloud instances. Um, and then we're able to do um, a significant amount of storage to make sure that we're getting the IOPS and the latency out of it that we require. Um, and then we do a lot, a uh, significant amount of end-to-end -end testing as well. So we're simulating, we're doing our very best to simulate the experience that an attendee is going to have uh, prior to the show to make sure that it's operating correctly. And then as I, I hinted at before, the amount of churn. So we do these, these high churn events. So we know what the typical experience will be at the show and then we test it to two or three X of that in our live user testing to make sure that we know where the threshold is. We, I mean, we, our performance team does a wonderful job of, of making sure they, they test it, they purposely try to break it. So we'll, they'll, they'll come to us and say, it broke. We'll say, okay, when did it broke? Well, when I had like six X what I told you, it broke. I'm like, okay, I think we're gonna be okay then, right? I mean, unless you really miscalculated. I mean, one of the things that we've learned over the last five or six years is that each year we're constantly breaking records and we push ourselves to. We want more attendees to take more labs. Um, and so we always, you know, we buffer in year over year. Okay, we did this much capacity last year. We did this many workloads. You know, we think we're going to increase it by 10% or 15%. And then we test it, you know, three, four, five times above that just to make sure. 
Um, the other thing is, you know, understanding what the results are. Um, you know, this year we've got somewhere around 550 uh, seats uh, in the U.S. show. There's a slightly fewer seats, I believe, here. But we test, you know, that there's 1,500. You know, so if we think there's only going to be 550 users in the lab as a max, because that's the seating capacity, you can see we're testing, you know, 3x that. We know what the typical churn is, you know, about 200 virtual machines a minute. You know, we test, you know, we, we push it up to close to 500 just to see where that threshold is. And we do the same thing for storage. We make sure that everything's being monitored within VRealize operations. We're using VRealize Network Insight to be able to have that single pane of glass to understand how is everything flowing from a, a virtual machine level all the way out to the physical level. Um, and, and, and then we leverage uh, VRealize Log Insight for all of the monitoring. We have alerts in there and everything like that. And then we even do business continuity testing, right? We'll take an entire data center offline and see what happens. Um, in the 2017 show, um, it was uh, the second day, I think it was Tuesday, and uh, I get a page on my phone as I'm walking around, and they're like, you gotta come back down to the labs real quick, we're having a problem. Well, it, it, it just so happened that there was um, this denial of service attack happening, and we thought it was external, but as we investigated it very quickly, we realized what happened was uh, a developer misconfigured one of his own tests that was running inside of the same data center, and it saturated the link between our, our Oregon data center and our Santa Clara data center, and it, it basically took out all of the outbound connectivity for Oregon, which is where the majority of the hands-on labs environments were happening. So it quickly black holed the IP block that he was coming from and we restored connectivity. So for a brief period, it, it, we lost the data center, but none of the attendees and none of the 500 people that were taking labs at the time even knew that that happened. And that's what allows us, this, this hybrid model allows us to be able to hit that 100% availability target for our customers. So it was pretty, it was, an, it was a testament to all of the work that we put into going up to it. I mean, nobody wants to see a data center go dark either because of a power outage or a network mix configuration, but we were able to see it happen during the show, during the height of the show on a Tuesday, and it, it was transparent to our users, so it's pretty awesome. So when we say, you know, we, we hit that target of 100% availability, that's talking about from the user, per, user experience, you know, I mean, certainly the data center was offline for a few minutes, but as far as the service availability goes and is measured, it was 100%, so pretty outstanding. So these are last year's results. I get to update these in a, in a couple days after we have all of the total numbers. But just last year alone in the United States, like I said, it was over 114,000. I think they hit over 120,000 VMs that were provisioned throughout the week in 2018. You know, close to 12,000 labs themselves. And then last year, you can see the breakdown. You know, we were running, you know, 47% uh, on-premise and, and about 16% was vSphere.next, so that was that was the majority of the the environments that's on on premise, and you can see AWS we got spun up to 23%, and and we had some uh, capacity in software at 14%. This year, um, you know that got flipped essentially, so 50% almost of all of our capacities on AWS this year. So it was it was pretty significant accomplishment for us the last couple years, and uh, it's going to allow us to be able to continue to scale and to reduce our costs each year so we're not having to make these colossal investments in capacity, uh, in our on-premise capacity for the hands-on labs each year. So. so thank you very much. If you guys have questions, I'm happy to answer questions. I think I have a couple more minutes before the time's up, so.